Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is none other than Central Iowa's finest, the man himself, Nicholas Osen. Nick, we are coming to our listeners live after a preseason week one matchup between our beloved Chicago Bears and the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Although it was preseason, the Bears absolutely showed out, and it was a stunner at Soldier Field. I'd love to touch on that game as we look ahead to preseason week two with you, Nick. How are you doing tonight, my brother? Doing very well. Honored to be called Central Iowa's Finest. And, you know, obviously... There's some positives to take from that game. I know we got to watch a little bit of it together. Obviously, you saw just about every snap. And, you know, it's unbelievable to me that we're already sitting here in mid-August and really getting into football. Nick, the days are absolutely numbered in August, and that only means one thing, meaningful football in less than a month for our Chicago Bears and across the National Football League. So... I could not be happier with those circumstances on the horizon. And you're absolutely right. I tuned into every moment of that Bears-Chiefs game on Saturday. It felt surreal to see the Navy and Orange in action at Soldier Field. And I will be more than elated to dive into that with you here in a moment. So, folks... Strap in for a wild one. And as always, up. All right, Nick. As I just mentioned, Saturday afternoon, it felt so fantastic to have live action football back on our television screens. I had the two liter of Royal Crown Cola flowing. And as you mentioned, we did get to see a bit of that spark in the second half together with none other than Trevor Simeon at the helm at the quarterback position, and he was slinging that football all over the field. Two touchdowns, one to former Baylor Bear running back, now Chicago Bear running back, Treston Ebner, and he was one of my clear-cut standouts from Saturday's game. I don't think he was at any uh, jeopardy of not being on the roster this season. Of course, the Bears used to draft pick on him, but he really solidified himself in the conversation uh, to be in that running back room and not on special teams uh, with some pretty decent running, some bursts out in the outside zone but more importantly, a 12-yard touchdown that kind of sparked the Bears' uh, 19 unanswered points in the second half. Yeah, he was absolutely a standout. I know he was somebody that you were you know, kind of excited to watch Saturday as well. So that was definitely cool. I, I won't throw you under the bus and share what you said about Simeon and Fields later that night with our buddies, but... It, honestly, it was exciting because in preseason, you know, I kind of said it last week, m mostly about Justin Fields. You're really looking for guys to hopefully stay healthy and see some signs of development or, you know, guys in question, like you mentioned, 
that have really shown to have a positive impact on the field. And I know that that was a major one, you know, both statistically, you could say, as well as some of the plays that we got to see together. And I know that there were definitely some on the defensive side of the ball that I'm sure we'll touch on too. But, you know, I think we were both pretty happy with the Simeon signing. I know that I was because, you know, I think he's a pretty smooth, smart, capable backup. And I think he's a really good fit, not only for fields, but in this bear system, I, I really do. So I think that's exciting. You obviously want fields to not only be the starter, but have kind of the, the upper hand and the higher ceiling, which by all accounts, again, I really have felt recently. I want to try to watch a little more of their next game because I didn't see quite as much as I would have liked with you Saturday, but Ebner was certainly a positive as was Simeon in that come from behind victory against the chiefs. I absolutely love you mentioning Trevor Simeon and his greatness in the second half, Nick. And I know I mentioned him last week and the importance of that signing because he has been a starter in this league. He knows what it takes to play on Sundays. And you kind of already did throw me under the bus uh, because our listeners are quite intelligent and can put the pieces together. But I won't hide from it. Folks, what I'm really telling you is this. Justin Fields, I am hopeful that he is the future and the present of this Chicago Bears roster. And, of course, Trevor Simeon would never be a long-term solution at the quarterback position by any stretch of the imagination. But if there were to be an unfortunate situation where Justin Fields goes down, Trevor Simeon is locked and loaded and ready to be under center on Sundays. Of course, you got to take preseason with a grain of salt, but he really tore up that Kansas City defense on Saturday, whether it was connecting to Tristan Ebner or former Carolina Tar Heel Daz Newsom. There were many opportunities for Trevor Simeon to shine, dropping back to pass, and he did exactly that. So... In terms of that quarterback room, I just think we have a great situation at backup quarterback. God forbid something were to happen to QB1. Whereas in years past, we did not have a solidified starter. Everything was wishy-washy under the Matt Nagy regime. So we know for a fact Justin Fields is going to be the starter for hopefully all 17 games this year. and. Nick, we both predicted it pretty accurately in terms of his play on Saturday. He got out there for a few series, stayed out of trouble. He did get taken down uh, a couple times, and, of course, that's scary to anyone watching in the preseason, but he took a couple licks to get that live-action feel, made a few connections, one to his man, Darnell Mooney, and another to... Tajay Sharp, one of the most miraculous catches I've seen in a long time. So we saw just enough from Justin Fields to feel good uh, as we head into September here shortly. But I did want to ask you, Nick, before I do mention probably the MVP of the game in Jack Sanborn, do you think we see Justin Fields on Thursday night against the Seahawks if I would venture to guess, I'm 
thinking you will say that he should not be on the field, but I need your full opinion on that. Yeah, you know, you know me pretty well. Uh, I think that he will essentially play. I'd set my my over under at about five and a half snaps. So I think that, you know, you figure you hope that the offense is, is driving a little bit and that can obviously be done picking up a first down, knock it out in one series. I, I think you made a good point about taking a couple licks. I think you said, you know, getting hit a couple times against Kansas city, because that's something that obviously isn't happening too much at training camp. And it's good to kind of mentally get past that physically get ready for the season. But then that's good enough for me, you know, because you do see really it's it seems like every year, at least, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen as much this year, but legitimate and, you know, impactful injuries in the preseason. And ideally with I feel a lot of positive buzz around fields and the need for him to develop and be so important to this offense and this franchise just doesn't really feel worth it to me. So I get. Maybe you, you know, roll the dice for a series or so, just get the live action reps against another team, but then get them out of there. So I'm going to say, yes, I think we see him a little bit, one or two series. I think that, you know, Coach Eberflus kind of alluded to that with the starters. I do figure Justin Fields to be in that grouping, at least for a series, but then that's good for me, brother. I completely understand where you're coming from. We obviously saw this past weekend, Second-year QB Zach Wilson go down with the torn meniscus uh, for the New York Jets, and they already lost Mekhi Becton on the offensive line. So teams already ravaged by injuries, Nick. You put it out there perfectly. Um, and that five-and-a-half snaps is really coming down to whether the Bears uh, go for a three-and-out or not on that first drive, which they just so happen to do on Saturday, and so many Bears fans, including myself, jumped to that instantaneous conclusion. Here come the lowly Bears once again as they can't get a first down with their starting unit in preseason. But as we saw the game progress, they got comfortable offensively. Simeon somehow got in a rhythm with the other 10 guys out there. But Nick, if we do see Justin Fields on Thursday night, I am more than happy with that because, of course, you're seeing another team. But another aspect that you have to recognize is that they're playing at Seattle, at Lumen Field, which is arguably the most hostile environment in all of football. Even in a preseason situation, the 12 fan base will show up no matter what. They don't have Russell Wilson anymore. They've got Geno Smith at QB, potentially Drew Locke. This team is starving for victories the same way we are, and they have a unique quarterback situation. So the fans will be loud and proud in the Pacific Northwest tomorrow night. So I think it would be fantastic if Justin Fields played for a series and some change because he has not had that road environment in a long time. His first experience in the NFL 
was at Cleveland getting battered by Miles Garrett play after play. So a little preseason with a stellar fan base in the Seattle Seahawks. Get him out there for a series. Hopefully he makes a couple plays and moves the ball down the field because September 11th in a rematch against the 49ers is truly right around the corner. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with most of what you say. You know, I don't have a ton to add there other than I don't think we need to see a lot more of him in preseason. I don't feel that it's worth the risk, honestly, with a lot of starters. Quick shout out to Chase Allen. I didn't see the play, but my partner here told me that, you know, Allen had his first NFL catch, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Obviously a former cyclone and, you know, he really had a heck of a journey to get to the NFL. So credit to him as we move along here in this Bears preseason series. Nick, there's no better way to recognize number 46, Chase Allen, the doctor himself, as he received the first ball from Justin Fields on Saturday. Granted, it was two yards, but not many of us can say that we caught a football on an NFL field between the lines over the course of an actual football game. So tip of the cap to him, and I'm hopeful uh, he can really shine on Thursday night because this week will be a determining factor for so many fringe players, as you know. And I hope we can see him progress tremendously and get more reps catching the football. And just to add on that, because – I don't, you know, normally bring up too many topics on here, but I believe one of your favorite Bears, Cole Komet, kind of had some really positive, kind words about him earlier this week. I don't have the tweet near me where I saw the information, but I was kind of, you know, excited and encouraged by that because, yeah, you said it's only two yards, but then you look at the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers and people around there are talking about all the drops these young guys are having. So he at least made the catch. From what I've seen, he's at least blocked well in practice, which we know is one of his best calling cards there. And I will say I'm really pulling for him to not only make the NFL, but obviously make our favorite team in the Bears. Ball security's job security, Nick. You know the deal in the National Football League. He brought that football down, albeit for two yards. It was a positive gain and a great way to kick off the football game on Saturday afternoon. So, Nick, before we look ahead to the Seahawks matchup and potentially the Roquan Smith situation, the true shining star on either side of the football in Saturday's game was the man himself, number 57. No, not Olin Krutz. No, not Tom Thayer linebacker from the University of Wisconsin, Jack Sanborn, undrafted free agent. And Nick, I may be overhyping it, and you can bring me back down to earth if you see fit. But with his seven tackles, a fumble recovery, and an interception in his first NFL game, I said it right then and there. He solidified himself a spot on this roster. I know that may be a stretch, but putting up those type of numbers as an undrafted guy in this league and on a team where defense is everything 
Matt Eberflus had to have been over the moon watching him absolutely dominate the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. Yeah, I think maybe a hair too ahead of yourself, but not much, honestly, because we kind of knew when they signed him just because of his tape at the University of Wisconsin, the, the great alma mater. He had a legitimate shot to make the team. Certainly is an NFL player. And when you're able to kind of shine like that, not only defensively and at that position, but when the lights come on sincerely in his first preseason game, he just, the production was there, but he also just kind of seemed ready just about every snap that I saw. And again, it wasn't a ton. I will admit that with the stats speak for themselves. I'm not sure if it was pro football focus or another kind of national outlet, but he was getting some love from them as well as one of the top standouts over the weekend. And truly a lot of credit to him, an Illinois native, someone that I, I met a couple times and you, you like to credit hard work. And I think that's pretty incredible that he was able to do that for the Chicago bears, presumably his favorite team when he was growing up. And that, that's just really impressive. So I would say clearly on a great track, and one more good performance would solidify a spot, at least from what I can see, bare minimum on the 53, potentially on the active. Yeah, Nick, talk about a special story. There really isn't something um, more sweet than that. The hometown kid making good on Saturday and hopefully translating to Sundays uh, come September and beyond for the Chicago Bears team. Of course, he won't be a starter, but for him to eventually make the roster of a team that is so closely identified with the linebacker position and him growing up watching guys like Lance Briggs and Brian Erlacher dominate the field for decade and beyond. This has to be a dream come true for him and so incredible for us as we watched him pretty closely in college. And you mentioned it earlier, kind of a value in terms of where we got him. He was projected to go in the draft. So the fact that we were able to sign him after the fact was an absolute steal in its own right. So, Nick, moving forward, of course, the main objective is defeating the Seattle Seahawks on the road Thursday night. The entire country will be watching because it is on national television. And I believe it's also the only game uh, before the weekend rolls around. So with that being said, I saw information on Twitter and across the various television networks covering this unfortunate story with the Bears right now. And that is the Roquan Smith situation. He is still holding out, but. Being the leader that he is, he is traveling with the Bears to Seattle despite not putting on the pads when the lights come on, like you mentioned, uh, because of this contract dispute. And Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports had something very interesting to say about this Roquan Smith situation in terms of him not signing uh, with the Bears yet. And you'll almost never hear me agree with Coward. 
and I don't think I do in this instance either, but I could see where he was coming from in terms of the type of talent that Roquan Smith possesses and him not being on the field right now when we could potentially trade him at a very high value to a team that is potentially interested in the Dallas Cowboys. I would hate if the Bears did that. I am on record saying I don't want them to trade Roquan because I don't think we get uh, great value in return because the Bears aren't valuing him where he should be in the first place. But if we were to trade him to a Cowboys or somewhere else, I don't even think we get players that are going to play this fall more on the side of draft capital for the future, which in that case, I would veto altogether. Yeah, I'll be honest. I saw that clip circulating. I did not watch it. Uh, You know, he's great at what he does, Colin Coward. And I used to like him a little bit more than I do now. It seemed like some Bears fans were agreeing with it. I don't know exactly, but I'm of the mindset that if one of the, you know, kind of top guys, either the Schefter or Rappaport or the Bears have some great reporters like Adam Johns. I, I know we're, you know, really high on with the athletic. I haven't seen a whisper, a whisper of a trade in two, two and a half weeks, quite honestly. And I think it's a good sign that the Bears aren't finding him. I mean, I watched that polls clip when he was asked about him. We've seen clips of Roquan Smith. I think he wants to be a bear. And I do believe really in my whole heart that this regime and front office wants Roquan to be a part of the Chicago Bears. So I I still think it gets done. Maybe it's just the optimist in me, but I haven't seen literally a whisper anywhere else. So I'm not too concerned about it. There are some valid points based on some of the tweets and kind of what, what you just said to get some type of talent or high draft capital. But I mean, part of it, part of it, and part of why we do this is we are fans of the team and you'd like them to at least be competitive this year and not just stack up on late or future draft picks. And again, Roquan Smith gets a lot of respect around the NFL. Maybe not the Pro Bowl nods we've talked about, but I would think he's going to be the highest rated bear in that NFL top 100. I know he made it higher and obviously Demo was on there as well, David Montgomery, but I'm just hoping that they're doing right by him because they want to get a deal And hopefully Roquan Smith is a part of the Chicago Bears team. Nick, you mentioned it best in terms of him being named to the NFL top 100 and moving up the charts from last year. And how could you get more respect around the league than from guys like Levante David, who's a Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And essentially during that interview, said that he envied the way Roquan Smith plays at times because he has a nose and a knack for wherever the football goes. He is glued to the ball carrier in every way, shape, and form. And that is coming from a Super Bowl champ, a perennial pro bowler for the Bucs. So Roquan Smith certainly gets the respect around the league from his peers, 
but not from other NFL fan bases or uh, voters when it comes to the Pro Bowl or, you know, the first team all pro and things of that nature. But his relationship with the Bears, of course, right now is tumultuous, but the Bears could be finding him every day that he misses a practice and every time that he misses a preseason game, and they have yet to do it, which has to mean progress will be made in the near future. But essentially what Coward said is the Bears are too tied up in that defensive identity when they should be building around their young quarterback in Justin Fields, which, of course, I agree. We have a couple proven weapons on the offense in Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery. And wouldn't it be nice to have a six foot four go up and grab every ball type of wide receiver? Absolutely. But not at the cost of losing number 58, Roquan Smith. That makes a lot of sense. And Coward is on to something there in terms of the future. And again, I admit I'm attaching some emotion to this as well, but I still don't figure there to be a problem when defense has been the identity of the bears, but we also know what type of cap space they very likely will have next year. And I, I like how the Rams operate. You have some of the best players at their position in the league. You pay them simple. Nick, when you really get down to brass tacks, it can't be more simple than pay the man his money because whether you like it or not, he may not be a big name wide receiver, rather a, superstar linebacker that will pummel any ball carrier that comes his way. It's not a flashy position, but yes, you have to pay the man what he's due. Very similar to your man, LeBron James, getting a two-year $97 million contract extension with the LA Lakers today. I just had to mention that for you. And I know it's way off topic and on a far larger scale, but in the theme of paying someone their money, LeBron was uh, securing the bag on the highest level today. It's nice to be the king, bro. It must be nice to be the king. Don't make the playoffs. Surround yourself with washed out all-stars across the board and... Don't even sniff the postseason. But here's a $97 million contract to keep you happy, King. Yeah, you know, uh, this might be the wrong show for you, buddy. This is supposed to be about the Chicago Bears, not the hatred for one of the greatest athletes you'll ever have the pleasure to see. It is about the Chicago Bears. I was riding along with the theme of paying superstars their money. Of course, the NFL doesn't have that type of capital to go around, certainly not for a linebacker because that value doesn't exist for such a position. But I had to poke fun at the ironic nature of LeBron's extension because the Lakers have done nothing since they won the championship in 2020. And LeBron walks away with a cool hundy stick uh, just a few months out from NBA tip-off. So, Nick, I've had an absolute blast 
talking Bears football with you here. And we are looking ahead to Seattle Thursday night. I'm very interested to see their quarterback situation because I've heard so much about Geno Smith and how he's progressed. He started a few games last year when Russell Wilson was out with the finger injury. Of course, Russell was traded out and the Seahawks received Drew Locke in return. I thought Drew Locke was abysmal for the Denver Broncos and should never be under center in the National Football League. But a fresh start could be good for him. So who knows? We'll have the pleasure of watching that QB battle uh, square off on Thursday night. And hopefully guys like Kyler Gordon and Jack Sanborn can get in the mix and really uh, throw both of those quarterbacks off their game. Of course, it would be a homecoming for Kyler Gordon in the state of Washington. So I'm really excited for the Bears to continue their defensive terror throughout the preseason and into September when it counts. I'm pretty excited for this one, too. You mentioned some of the quarterbacks on the other side, but, you know, we might get a sneak peek at Fields. I'm excited to watch, again, Chase Allen and a lot of those defensive pieces that you mentioned. We'll see if I am able to watch the whole game, but I'll definitely be tuned in for some, and I'm excited for that after last week. Absolutely. This one flew by. Nick, you know darn well I'll be watching every snap on Thursday night. The RC Cola will be flowing early and often, and the Bears will hopefully be walking away from the Pacific Northwest with a cool W to go 2-0 and in the preseason and look ahead to the Cleveland Browns uh, in the final matchup of the preseason. And then it's down to business. September, NFC football for the first two weeks. Niners and Packers, two absolutely challenging matchups for this Bears team. But I could not be more jacked up to watch them. And we will be right here to cover every step of the way. So, Nick, thank you for joining me. And, folks, thank you for tuning in. Be on the lookout for an end of August fantasy football edition. And as always, just up, bear down forever. <laughs>